grab your candles, make some tea, put on your reading socks. It's time for story time with Danny. That was my intro. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to read, I forget, oh, The Golden Compass, which is one of my favorite books slash series ever. And I'm going to see what happens if I read it. Let me light this candle real quick. Get some ASMR. Oh, jeez. I'm going to burn my phone. Come on. Come on. There we go. I have a lavender vanilla candle. And it is lit. I don't actually have the book on me right now. Let me grab it. So this... Oh, heck yeah. I forgot... Freaking love this series. Okay, so she she real thick. Um, this is all three of the original trilogy in one book. So I'm, I mean, if if I enjoy doing this, I might just read the entire series. <laughs> I'm gonna get cozy. Get Leonardo. There we go. Okay. I will do character voices. You know I will. Okay. The Golden Compass. (laughs) By Philip Pullman. Part one, Oxford. There's so many words. Chapter one, the decanter of Tokay. Lyra and her daemon, spelled D-A-E, but it's like A-E, like Elon Musk's child but lowercase. Damon moved through the darkening hall, taking care to keep keep to one side, out of sight of the kitchen. The three great tables that ran the length of the hall were laid already, the silver and the glass catching what little light there was, and the long... the... Long benches were pulled out, ready for the guests. Portraits of former masters hung up high in the gloom along the walls. Lyra reached the dais and looked back at the open kitchen door, and, seeing no one, stepped up beside the high table. The places here were laid with gold, not silver, and the fourteen seats were not oak benches, but mahogany chairs with velvet cushions. Lyra stopped beside the master's chair 
and flicked the biggest glass gently with a fingernail. The sound rang clearly through the hall. You're not taking... I'm going to have to figure out a voice because this is a character that will be here the whole story. You're not taking this seriously. Nope. All of my accents are British. But this is a British book, so it's okay. Um, it has to be like a fun, fun voice. You're not, you're not taking this seriously. That's a good one. Whispered her daemon. Behave yourself. Her daemon's name was... Pan Pantalaemon, spelled P-A-N-T-A-L-A-I-M-O-N, Pantalaemon, and he was currently in the form of a moth, a dark brown one, so as not to show up in the darkness of the hall. Okay, this is Lyra, which is the main character. What's her voice like? They're not making too much noise to hear from the kitchen, Lyra whispered back and if the steward doesn't come restart and the steward doesn't come in till the first bell stop fussing then she put her palm over the ringing crystal anyway and pantalaimon fluttered ahead and through the slightly open door of the retiring room at the other end of the dais after a moment he appeared again there's no one there, he whispered, but we must be quick. Crouching behind the high table, Lyra darted along and through the door into the retiring room, where she stood up and looked around. The only light in here came from the fireplace, where a bright blaze of logs settled slightly as she looked, sending a fountain of sparks up into the chimney. She had lived most of her life in the college, but had never seen the retiring room before. Only scholars and their guests were allowed in here, and never females. Even the maidservants didn't clean in here. That was the butler's job alone. Pantalaimon settled on her shoulder. Happy now? Can we go? He whispered. Don't be silly. I want to look around. I'll figure out how to get their voices separate at some point. It was a large room with an oval table of polished rosewood on which stood various decanters and glasses and a silver smoking stand with a rack of pipes. On a sideboard nearby, there was a little chafing dish and a basket of poppy heads. They do themselves well, don't they, Pan? She said under her breath. She sat in one of the green leather armchairs. It was so deep, she found herself nearly lying down. But she sat up again and tucked her legs under, under her to look at the portraits on the walls. More old scholars, probably, robed, bearded, and gloomy. They stared out of their frames in solemn disapproval. What do you think they want to talk about? What do you think they talk about, Lyra said, or began to say, because before she'd finished the question, she heard voices outside the door. 
Behind the chair, quick, whispered Pantalaimon, and in a flash, Lyra was out of the armchair and crouching behind it. It wasn't the best one for hiding behind. She'd chosen one in the very center of the room, and unless she kept very quiet. The door opened, and the light changed in the room. One of the incomers was carrying a lamp, which he put down on the sideboard. Lyra could see his legs in their dark green trousers and shiny black shoes. It was a servant. Then a deep voice said, Has Lord Asriel arrived yet? It was the master. As Lyra held her breath, she saw the servant's daemon, a dog, like all servants' daemons, trot in and quickly sit at his feet. Then the master's feet became visible too, in the shabby black shoes he always wore. No, master, said the butler. No word from the arrow dock either. I'll expect he'll be hungry when he arrives. Show him straight into the hall, will you? Very good, master. And you've decanted some of the special tokay for him? Yes, master, the 1989, as you ordered it. His lordship is very partial to that, I remember. Good. Now leave me, please. Do you need the lamp, master? Yes, leave that too. Look in during dinner to trim it, will you? The butler bows slightly and turned to leave, his daemon trotting obediently after him. From her not much of a hiding place, Lyra watched as the master went to a large oak wardrobe in the corner of the room, took his gown from the hanger, and pulled it laboriously on. The master had been a powerful man, but he was well over seventy now, and his movements were stiff and slow. The master's daemon had the form of a raven, and as soon as his robe was on, she jumped down from the wardrobe and settled in her accustomed place on his right shoulder. Lyra could feel Pantalaimon bristling with anxiety, though he made no sound. For herself, she was pleasantly excited. The visitor mentioned by the master, Lord Azriel, was her uncle, a man whom she admired and feared greatly. He was said to be involved in high politics, in secret exploration, in distant warfare, and she never knew when he was going to appear. He was fierce. If he caught her in here, she'd be severely punished, but she could put up with that. What she saw next, however, changed things completely. It's a water break, it's a water break, and by water I mean tea. <clears throat> the master took from his pocket a folded paper and laid it on the table beside the wine. He took the stopper out of the mouth of a decanter containing a rich golden wine, unfolded the paper, and poured a thin stream of white powder into the decanter before crumpling the paper and throwing it into the fire. Then he took a pencil from his pocket, stirred the wine until the powder had dissolved and replaced the stopper. His daemon gave a soft, brief squawk. The master replied in an undertone and looked around with his hooded, clouded eyes before leaving through the door he'd come in by. Lyra whispered, Did you see that pan? Of course I did. Now hurry out before the steward comes. But as he spoke, there came the sound of a bell ringing once from the far end of the hall. 
That's that's the steward's bell, said Lyra. I thought we had more time than that. Pantalaimon fluttered swiftly to the hall door and swiftly back. The steward's there already, he said, and you can't get out of the other door. The other door, the master, the other door, the one the master had entered and left by, opened onto the busy corridor between the library and the scholar's common room. At this time of day, it was thronged with men pulling on their gowns for dinner or hurrying to leave papers or briefcases in the common room before moving into the hall. Lyra had planned to leave the way she'd come, banking on another few minutes before the steward's bell rang. And if she hadn't seen the master tipping that powder into the wine, she might have risked the steward's anger or hoped to avoid being noticed in the busy corridor. But she was confused, and that made her hesitate. Then she heard heavy footsteps on the dais. The steward was coming to make sure the retiring room was ready for the scholar's poppy and wine after dinner. Lyra darted to the oak wardrobe, opened it, and hid inside, pulling the door shut just as the steward entered. She had no fear for pantalimon. The room was somber-colored, and he could always creep under a chair. She heard the steward's heavy wheezing, and through the crack where the door hadn't quite shut, she saw him adjust the pipes in the rack by the smoking stand and cast a glance over the, over the decanters and glasses. Then he smoothed the hair over his ears with both palms and said something to his daemon. He was a servant, so she was a dog, but a superior servant, so a superior dog. In fact, she had the form of a red setter. I don't know what kind of dog that is, but that's cool. The daemon seemed... The daemon seemed suspicious and cast around as if she'd sensed an intruder, but didn't make for the wardrobe to Lyra's intense relief. Lyra was afraid of the steward, who had twice beaten her. Lyra heard a tiny whisper. Obviously, Pantalimon had squeezed in beside her. We're going to have to stay here now. Why don't you listen to me? She didn't reply until the steward had... She didn't reply until the steward had left. It was his job to supervise the waiting at the high table. She could hear the scholars coming into the hall, the murmur of voices, the shuffle of feet. It's a good thing I didn't, she whispered back. We wouldn't have seen the master put poison in the wine otherwise, Pan. That was the toke he asked the butler about. They're going to kill Lord Azrael. You don't know it's poison. Oh, of course it is. Don't you remember, he made the butler leave the room before he did it. If it was innocent, it wouldn't have mattered the butler seeing. And I know there's something going on, something political. The servants have been talking about it for days. Pan, we could prevent a murder. I have never heard such nonsense, he said shortly. How do you think you're going to keep still for four hours in this pokey wardrobe? Let me go and look in the corridor. I'll tell you when it's clear. He fluttered from her shoulder, and she saw his little shadow appear in the crack of light. 
It's no good, Pan. I'm staying, she said. There's another robe or something here. I'll put that on the floor and make myself comfortable. I've just got to see what they do. She had been crouching. She carefully stood up, feeling around for the clothes hangers, in order to not make a noise, and found that the wardrobe was bigger than she'd thought. There were several academic robes and hoods, some with fur around them, most faced with silk. I wonder, I wonder if these are all the masters, she whispered. When he gets honorary degrees from other places, perhaps they give him fancy robes and he keeps them here for dressing up. Pan, do you really think it's not poison in the wine? No, he said. I think it is, like you do. And I think it's none of our business. And I think it would be the silliest thing you've ever done in a lifetime of silly things to interfere. It's nothing to do with us. Don't be stupid, Lyra said. I can't sit in here and watch them give him poison. Come somewhere else, then. You're a coward, Pan. Certainly I am. May I ask what you intend to do? Are you going to leap out and snatch the glass from his trembling fingers? What do you have in mind? I didn't have anything in mind, and, well, you know it, she snapped quietly. But now I've seen what the master did, and I haven't got any choice. You're supposed to know about conscience, aren't you? How can I just go and sit in the library or somewhere and twiddle my thumbs, knowing what's going to happen? I don't intend to do that, I promise you. This is what you wanted all the time, he said after a moment. You wanted to hide in here and watch. Why didn't I realize that before? All right, I do, she said. Everyone knows they get up to something secret. They have a ritual or something. And I just want to know what it is. It's none of your business. If they want to enjoy their little secrets, you should just feel superior and let them get on with it. Hiding and spying is for little children. Exactly what I knew you'd say. Now stop nagging. The two of them sat in silence for a while. Lyra uncomfortable on the hard floor of the wardrobe. And Pantalaimon self-righteously twitching his temporary antennae on one of the robes. Lyra felt a mixture of thoughts contending in her head, and she would have liked nothing better than to share them with her daemon, but she was proud too. Perhaps she should try to clear them up without his help. Her main thought was anxiety, and it wasn't for herself. She'd been in trouble often enough to be used to it, this time she was ancient. <laughs> this time she was anxious about Lord Asriel and about what all this meant. It wasn't often that he visited the college, and the fact that this was a time of high political tension meant that he had not come simply to eat and drink and smoke with a few old friends. She knew that both Lord Asriel and the Master were members of the Cabinet Council the Prime Minister's special advisory body. So it might have been something to do with that, but meetings of the Cabinet Council were held in the palace, not the retiring room of Jordan College. It's time to take a water break, because I'm out of tea. This is going to be a long series.
some some good good hydration. Oh, I just want to let you know, I'm eight pages in. Want to know how many pages there are in this entire book, or all three books? I guess. Nine hundred twenty-three. You're in for a fun time. All right. Where was I? Then there was the rumor that I had been keeping the college servants whispering for days. It was said that it was said that the Tatars had invaded Muscovy and were surging north to St. Petersburg from where they would be able to dominate the Baltic Sea and eventually overcome the entire west of Europe. And Lord Asriel had been in the far north. When she'd seen him last, he was preparing an expedition to Lapland. Pan, she whispered. Yes. Do you think there will be a war? Not yet. Lord Asriel wouldn't be dining here if it was going to break out in the next week or so. That's what I thought, but later? Shh, someone's coming. She sat up and put her eye to the crack of the door. It was the butler, coming to trim the lamp as the master had ordered him to. The common room and the library were lit by anbaric power, but the scholars preferred the older, softer, naphtha lamps in the retiring room. They wouldn't change that in a master's lifetime. The butler trimmed the wick and put another log on the fire as well, and then listened, and then listened carefully at the hall door before helping himself to a handful of leaf from the smoking stand. He had hardly replaced the lid when the handle of the other door turned, making him jump nervously. Lyra tried not to laugh. The butler, hasti- the butler hastily stuffed. <laughs> I can't read. I forgot how to read. The butler hastily stuffed the leaf into his pocket and turned to face the incomer. Lord Asriel, he said, and a shiver of cold surprise ran down Lyra's back. She couldn't see him from where she was, and she tried to smother the urge to move and look. Good evening, Wren, said Lord Asriel. Lyra always heard that the Lyra always heard that harsh voice with a mixture of pleasure and apprehension. I arrived too late to dine. I'll wait in here. The butler looked uncomfortable. Guests entered the reading Guests entered the retiring room at the master's invitation only, and Lord Asriel knew that. But the butler also saw. But the butler also saw Lord Asriel looking pointedly at the bulge in his pocket, and decided not to protest. Shall I let the master know you have arrived, my lord? No harm in that. You might bring me some coffee. Very good, my lord. The butler bowed and hastened out, his daemon trotting submissively at his heels. Lyra's uncle moved across to the fire and stretched his arms high above his head, yawning like a lion. He was wearing traveling clothes. Lyra was reminded, as she always was when she saw him again, of how much he'd frightened her. 
There was no question now of creeping out unnoticed. She'd have to sit tight and hope. Lord Azriel's daemon, a snow leopard, stood behind him. Okay, this is the voice of his daemon, which is a female snow leopard. What kind of voice does a female snow leopard have? Are you going to show the projections in here? She said quietly. Yes, it, it'll create less fuss than moving into the lecture theater. They'll want to see the specimens too. I'll send for the porter in a minute. This is a bad time, Stelmaria. You should rest. He stretched out in one of the armchairs so that Lyra could no longer see his face. Yes, yes, I should also change my clothes. There's probably some ancient etiquette that allows them to find... There's probably some... <laughs> There's probably some ancient etiquette that allows them to find me a dozen bottles for coming in here dressed improperly. I should sleep for three days. The fact remains that... There was a knock, and the butler came in with a silver tray bearing a coffee pot and a cup. Thank you, Red, said Lord Asriel. Is that the tokay I can see on the table? The master ordered it decanted especially for you, my lord, said the butler. There are only three dozen bottles left of the ninety-eight. All good things pass away. Leave the tray here beside me, oh. All good things pass away. Leave the tray here beside me. Oh, ask the porter to... <laughs> oh, ask the porter to send up two cases I left in the lodge. Would you? Here, my lord. Yes, here, ma'am. And I should... Yes, here, ma'am. And I shall need a screen and a projecting lantern also. Here. Also, now. The butler could hardly prevent himself from opening his mouth in surprise, but managed to suppress the question or the protest. Rin, you're forgetting your place, said Lord Asriel. Don't question me. Just do as I tell you. Very good, my lord, said the butler. If I may suggest it, I should perhaps let Mr. Carson know what you're planning, my lord, or else he'll be somewhat taken aback, if you see what I mean. Yes, tell him then. Mr. Carson was the steward. There was an old and well-established rivalry between him and the butler. The steward was the superior, but the butler had more opportunities to ingratiate himself with the scholars and made full use of them. He would be delighted to have this chance of showing the steward that he knew more about what was going on in the retiring room. He bowed and left. Lyra watched as her uncle poured a cup of coffee, drained it at once, and poured another before sipping more slowly. She was agog. <laughs> Cases of specimens? A projecting lantern? What did he have to show the scholars that was so urgent and important? Then Lord Azriel stood up and turned away from the fire. She saw him fully, 
and marveled at the contrast he made with the plump butler, the stooped and languid scholars. Lord Azrael was a tall man with powerful shoulders, a fierce dark face, and eyes that seemed to flash and glitter with savage laughter. It was a face to be dominated by or to fight, never a face to patronize or pity. All his movements were large and perfectly balanced, like those of a wild animal. When he appeared in a room like this, he seemed a wild animal held in a cage too small for it. At the moment, is it... It's time for a water break. Future Danny, you better cut that part out. We don't want no sneeze in this in this video. I also okay, this isn't gonna be in the video anyway, so At the moment, his expression was distant and preoccupied. His daemon came close and leaned her head on his waist, and he looked down at her unfathomably before turning away and walking to the table. Lyra suddenly felt her stomach lurch, for Lord Azrael had taken the stopper from the decanter of Tokay and was pouring a glass. No! <laughs> oh. No! The quiet cry came before she could hold it back. Lord Azrael heard and turned at once. Who's there? She couldn't help herself. She tumbled out of the wardrobe and scrambled up to snatch the glass from his hand. The wine flew out, splashing on the edge of the table and the carpet, and then the glass fell and smashed. He seized her wrist and twisted hard. Lyra, what the hell are you doing? Let go of me and I'll tell you. I'll break your arm first. How dare you come in here? I've just saved your life. They were still for a moment. The girl twisted in pain, but grimacing to prevent herself from crying out louder. And the man bent over her, frowning like thunder. The man bent over her, frowning like thunder. What did you say? He said more quietly. The wine is poisoned she muttered between clenched teeth. I saw the master put some powder in it. He let go. She sank to the floor and pantomime and fluttered anxiously to her shoulder. Her uncle looked down with a restrained fury and she didn't dare to meet his eyes. I came in just to see what the room was like, she said. I know I shouldn't have, but I was going to go out before anyone came in, except that I heard the master coming and I got trapped. The wardrobe was the only place to hide and I saw him put powder in the wine if I had. There was a knock on the door. That'll be the porter, Lord As said Lord Asriel. Back in the wardrobe, if I hear the slightest noise, I'll make you wish you were dead. She darted back there at once and no sooner had she pulled the door shut than Lord Asriel called. Come in. As he'd said, it was the porter. It was the porter. 
gotta go back and see if I've read the porter stuff before. I don't think we have the porter yet. This is gonna be a struggle. Holy moly. Okay. In here, my lord. Nope, it's an old man. Hold on. In here, my lord. In here, my lord. Lyra saw the old man standing doubtfully in the doorway, and behind him, the corner of a large wooden box. That's right, shooter, said Lord Asriel. Bring them both in and put them down by the table. Lyra relaxed a little and allowed herself to feel the pain in her shoulder and wrist. It might have been enough to make her cry if she was the sort of, gar <laughs> if she was the sort of girl who cried. Instead, she gritted her teeth and moved the arm gently until it felt looser. Then came a crash of glass and the glug of spilled liquid. Damn you, Shula! Damn you, Shula! You careless old fool! Look what you've done! Lyra could see, just. Her uncle had managed to knock the decanter of Tokay off the table and made it look as if the porter had done it. The old man put the box down carefully and began to apologize. I'm truly sorry, my lord. I must have been closer than I thought. Get something to clean this mess up. Go on, before it soaks into the carpet. The porter hurried out. Lord Azrael moved closer to the wardrobe and spoke in an undertone. Since you're in there, you can make yourself useful. Watch the master closely when he comes in. If you tell me something interesting about him, I'll keep you getting I'll keep you from getting in further trouble than you're already in. Understand? Yes, Uncle. Make a noise in there and I won't help you. You're on your own. He moved away and stood with his back to the fire again, as the porter came back with a brush and dustpan with a glass and a bowl and a cloth. I can only say once again, my lord, I do most earnestly beg your pardon. I didn't know... Just clear up the mess. As the porter began to mop the wine from the carpet, the butler knocked and came in with Lord Asriel's manservant, a man called Therold. They were carrying between them a heavy case of polished wood and brass handles. They saw what the porter was doing and stopped dead. Yes, it was the tokay, said Lord Asriel. Too bad. Is that the lantern? Set it up by the wardrobe, Throld, if you would. I'll have the screen up at the other end. Lyra realized that she would be able to see the screen and whatever was on it through the crack in the door, and wondered whether her uncle had arranged it like that for the purpose. Under the noise, the manservant made... Under the noise the manservant made, unrolling the stiff linen and setting it up on its frame, she whispered, See, it was worth coming, wasn't it? It might be, Pantaliman said austerely in his tiny mock voice, and it might not. Lord Asriel stood by the fire, sipping the last of the coffee, 
and watching darkly as Thorold opened the case of the projecting lantern and uncapped the lens before checking the oil tank. There's plenty of oil, my lord, he said. Shall I send for a technician to operate it? No, I'll do it myself. Thank you, Thorold. Have they finished dinner yet, Wren? Very nearly, I think. <laughs> That's not the butler. Very nearly, I think. That's not the butler either. Very nearly, I think, my lord, replied the butler. If I understand, Mr. Cawson are right. The master and his guests won't be disposed to linger once they know you're here. Shall I take the coffee tray? Take it and go. Very good, my lord. With a slight bow, the butler took the tray and left, and Thorold went with him. As soon as the door closed, Lord Azriel looked across the room, directly at the wardrobe, and Lyra felt the force of his glance almost as if he had physical form. And Lyra felt the force of his glance almost as if it had physical form, as if it were an arrow or a spear. Then he looked away and spoke softly to his daemon. She came to sit calmly at his side alert and elegant and dangerous, her tawny eyes surveying the room before turning, like his black ones, to the door from the hall as the handle turned. Lyra couldn't see the door, but she heard an intake of breath as the first man came in. Master, Lord Azriel said, yes, I'm back. Do bring in your guests. I've got something very interesting to show you. And that's the first chapter. That was the first 13 pages. So, I recorded a total of 41 minutes. This is going to be a fun time. <laughs> um, yeah. See you in the next one. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs>